prideful Jesus. You were healed. That's, that's what this bread represents. Jesus' body that was bruised and tortured for us so that we could be healed. Receive healing today. If you need healing in your relationships, forgive today. Jesus has freely forgiven us. As we discern the Lord's body, understand that includes your brothers and sisters in Christ.
examine your own heart. If you need to confess any sin to the Lord, do that this morning. He's faithful and just to forgive us.
It's the word of God. And it's alive. Amen. So we're going to begin something today. It's titled, I Testify. And it's all about the power of your testimony. It's about the importance of you telling your story. Every one of you has a story. It's your testimony. And the world needs to hear it. When we talk about testifying, this is something we would call a next step. There's always a next step. Unless you've decided not to walk with God anymore. If, if, you, if you decided just to sit down and no longer walk with God, then there's no more step. But if you've determined in your heart that you're going to walk with him, then there's a next step. And then another next step after that. And it never ends. And there are some believers who have never taken this step to testify to share their testimony, to tell someone else what the Lord has done in them and for them. And it's a, a step every believer should take. We've got some cards in the back that talk about what our next steps are. We're going to have to add testifying to this. We believe in taking our next step. Amen. Are you moving? Are you still walking with Jesus? What's your next step? As we look at this, of course we're going to hear from God. We're going to look to the Word of God. But we're also going to hear from each other. And every one of you, in the next several weeks, on Sunday, you will have an opportunity to testify. And we are going to try and force you to do it. We will compel you. We're supposed to compel one another to good works. You don't have to preach for an hour. But you'll get a good five minutes. 
to testify. From next week, we'll have a sign-up sheet. And we're going to go around. We're going to sign everybody up. We're going to give you a date. So you can prepare. And when it's your turn, be bold and testify of the Lord's goodness in your life. So we want to hear from everybody. You might not be able to share your whole story. But you can share something. And it'll be an encouragement to your brothers and sisters. Amen. I've also chosen some powerful video testimonies. next few weeks I'll share some of those with you. Today's video is from a man named Rene Martinez. So just for a few minutes, just a few minutes, watch this. Thank you. 
have a story too. It's not the same as this guy. But you have a story. You have your own story. It's unique to your life. And just like him, whatever he went through, whatever he overcame, through that he can connect with others. He can reach out to other people and give them hope because he knows the power of God. You need to connect with people too. You need to share what God has done. Share his love with the people around you. God wants you to tell your own story. What's your testimony? In the book of Revelation, chapter 12, verse 11, it says this. It says that they overcame him. That's talking about Satan. They overcame Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. It says they did not love their lives to the death. Many laid down their lives. They were willing to lay down their lives. But this is how you become an overcomer. By the blood of Jesus and by your testimony. We know how powerful the blood is. Because of the blood, we're saved. Because Jesus shed his blood, we're redeemed. How powerful is the blood? Well, here it's not just talking about the blood, but the word of your testimony. What do you say about the blood? What do you say about Jesus? What has he done in your life? And it's the power of your testimony that makes you an overcomer. The blood of Jesus and your testimony both combine. It releases power in your life. One of the great testimonies of the Bible is found in the life of the Apostle Paul. So we're going to look at his story a little bit. Like Rene in the video, Paul was also a pretty bad man before he met Jesus. He was not a good person. Look what Paul said. 
chapter 1. That's what he says about his story. Jesus our Lord who has enabled me because he counted me faithful putting me into the ministry. As he's writing this this is who he is now. This is what he's doing currently. But there's more to it. There's always more to the story. There's more to your life than what you're doing right now and who you are right now. Look at the next verse. Verse 13. Although, Paul says, I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. Here Paul makes mention of who he was. The kind of person he was before he met Jesus. before he really dedicated himself to the Lord. See, there's a, there's a you before Christ. There's a you after Christ. Sometimes even with Christ, we're not really living for him like we should. And so there's something that happens to us. And we start taking those steps that we need to take. It's all part of our story. What kind of person was he before he met Jesus? He says, number one, I was a blasphemer. Well, it has to do with the words that were coming out of his mouth. To be a blasphemer is to say that he was a foul-mouthed individual. He used hurtful words. He was the kind of person that would spread a rumor, tell a lie. not afraid to speak evil of others. That's the kind of person he was. Number two, he said, I was a persecutor. You remember when we were talking about pursuits? Remember that? Uh, for weeks we talked about being in pursuit. 
connect people to Jesus. Thank God that Paul goes on and he says, but I obtained mercy. Thank God that he's merciful. If, if there's nothing else to testify about, all of you should be able to say, I've obtained mercy. Thank God. I obtained mercy. Has he been merciful to you? That's your testimony. That's your story. It's not that difficult. Some people think they need some fancy testimony. They say, well, I wasn't like that man fighting people. Man, he looked pretty tough, didn't he? Man, he got him in the corner. He wouldn't stop. And you think, I wasn't like him. I don't have a testimony like him. Have you obtained mercy? Has God been merciful to you? Say, I wasn't like Paul. I wasn't killing Christians. But look, you're not going to have a story just like anybody else. It's yours. Your story. Look at the next verse. Verse 14. It says, Oh, how generous and gracious our Lord was. He filled me with the faith and love that comes from Christ Jesus. And this now becomes the focus of Paul's life. After coming to Jesus, there's no more looking back full of sorrow, full of regret. There's no more looking back, hating who you were. But we get to look forward. Because of what Jesus has done. He makes our lives very different from what they were. Listen, it's very important what you focus on. Focus on who you have become in Christ. Don't just talk about how you were a dirty sinner. Don't just focus on all the, the evil things that were in your life. Focus on the good things that God has done. Focus on what he's done for you. Who has he made you? Tell that story. Testify of your new life in Christ. 
testifies his grace. His mercy. The faith and the love that lives in you now. Because of Jesus. Amen. Go to, we'll go to Acts chapter 19. Turn there. Because this is where the story begins for Paul. On the road to Damascus. Acts chapter 9. Verse 1. Meanwhile, at first, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers, so he went to the high priest. With every breath. I mean, this guy was serious. He hated these Christians. He wanted to exterminate them. It was the driving passion of his heart. And he thought he was doing God a service. Verse 2, he requested letters addressed to the synagogue in Damascus, asking for the cooperation and the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. As he was approaching Damascus on, on this mission. Now, this is where it gets good. Look what happens. A light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? persecution against his church personally. He takes it personally. Why are you persecuting me? God takes it very personally. And you know, those who are persecuted They have a story to tell, too. I want to share with you some current statistics. About persecution around the world. Right now. The things that people go through. Because of their faith in Jesus. These statistics come from a, a credible source. A ministry called Open Doors. 
they sang. The Christians are one of the most persecuted religious groups in the world. Christian persecution takes many forms. It's defined this way. Any hostility experienced because of our faith in Jesus. Christian torture is an issue for believers throughout the world. They're at risk of imprisonment, loss of home and goods, physical torture, beheading, rape, even death as a result of their faith. In Africa, Asia, throughout the Middle East especially, persecution against Christians is growing. The most vulnerable are Christian women. They often face double persecution. For their faith and for their gender. The minister said, Every day, we receive new reports of Christians who face threats. Unjust imprisonment, harassment, beatings, and even loss of family because of their faith in Jesus. Look at this. Every month, this is the average. 345 Christians are killed for faith-related reasons. A hundred and five churches, Christian buildings, are burned or attacked. This is the monthly average right now. 219 Christians are detained without trial, arrested, sentenced, and imprisoned. This year, there's been a 14% rise in persecution. And these numbers are taken from the top 50 countries. countries with the most persecution. North Korea is number one. Right now, India is ranked number ten in the world. Think about this. One in nine Christians. One in nine. They experience severe persecution around the world. 
glory of Jesus. Amen. He is alive and he is well. He answered Paul. I am Jesus. The one you're persecuting. He went on in verse 6. He said, now get up and go into the city and I'll tell you what you must do. great testimonies of the Bible. Who he was, what God has done, who I have become, where I'm going. This was his story. His testimony. Let me remind you. We're going to give you an opportunity in the coming weeks to share a part of your story. get some time and you'll be able to share your story. It might be something God's done in the past. It might be something he's doing right now. I want to encourage all of you to testify. Amen. I testify. You can stand with me. I wanted to take a moment to pray, <laughs> especially for those who are being persecuted. And you look at those numbers about persecution around the world, and though we might not be suffering persecution directly, and I'm, some of you, some of you do. Sometimes from our own family. Just know today that God's with you. That He sees you. That He's He's with you. Now we know a lot of young people. And their family doesn't want them in church. You know, but what they don't realize. We are the church. And so, if you're there, the church is there. They already have a church in their house. Because we are the temple of God. Okay, but as a church, we are with you too. We're praying for those who are being persecuted in our own country. Jesus came to Paul. I can guarantee you there were a lot of Christians praying for Paul. What did Jesus tell his disciples to do? Pray for those who persecute you. Take the 
that command seriously. They prayed for Paul the persecutor. They prayed and they prayed and they prayed. And God moved. God answered their prayer. God, God interrupted Paul's mission. Yeah, that's why we pray. Jesus gave Paul a new mission. That's why we pray for the government. We pray for those that persecute God's people. We must pray. Pray. Pray for the prime minister. Pray for the local chief minister. Pray for these people. That they would know Jesus. And Jesus will reveal himself to them. Jesus knows how to get people's attention. He'll do it. If we'll pray. Amen. We stand with our brothers and sisters in this nation and around the world. Let's pray together. Pray for those that are being persecuted. That God would strengthen them. Oh, Paul, would you pray that they would be strengthened now? Talk to those that are suffering now. Lord, even now, some are in prison. Some have been captured. They're, they're being tortured even now. As we stand here comfortably, there are some who right now are, are enduring unspeakable pain. Just because they believe in you. Lord, we pray. We pray for those that are persecuting Lord, that their hearts would be changed. Lord, that you'd reveal yourself to each one. May there be many more experiences like Paul had. That even on the way to persecute, Lord, that you would intervene. You'd interrupt those people. Father, here in India, Lord, we pray. We pray for the government. We pray for those who have the wrong agenda. We pray for those that are anti-Christ. And Father, we ask that you would grab hold of their hearts. Lord, we pray they would know you. Lord, we thank you for it. Father, we remember your, your uh, children, Israel, in Egypt. Father, your word says, the more Egypt afflicted them, the more they multiplied. 
the more your people are afflicted, they multiply. That's what's happening in India. That's what's happening around the world. The more affliction comes, your church just multiplies. Your church just increases. All over the world. All over this nation. In every state where, where affliction is the worst. Multiplication will be the most. We thank you for it, Father. We believe it. We thank you. We have the victory. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. In the name of Jesus. Now, if you don't know Jesus, if you're far from God, if you're lost, if you're in the dark, and you want to come into the light today, I want to give you an opportunity. You can come forward. We'll pray with you. You have to be bold. You have to take a step. If you don't know Jesus, and you want to know Jesus, then we invite you to come. You can come to the front, and we will pray with you. Anybody at all, we welcome you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for drawing us here. Anybody else want?